Welcome to the podcast, Three Things That Matter. My name is Anne Blake, and in each episode, I interview a different guest. They are asked to bring three things that matter to them. These might vary from books and plants to places and occasions. These three things provide the jumping off point for discussion of the extraordinary in the everyday. Three Things That Matter is a Limerick Post podcast and is released every second Wednesday. In episode five of the second series, I speak to actress Annette Flynn. Originally from Ballina in County Mayo, she's probably best known to Irish audiences for her role as fun-loving teacher Maeve in Fair City. She has appeared in a number of soaps, notably EastEnders, Emmerdale and Hollyoaks, as well as many theatrical productions. In 2020, Annette was named as one of Mayo's 18 most inspirational and trailblazing women at home and abroad by RSVP. It saw her in great company alongside the likes of Sally Rooney, Evini Hulawan, fellow Balana woman Dr. Nora Patton and Mary Robinson. Can you tell me what the first thing you have brought to the podcast is right well when you uh, approached me first I thought oh my god three things and I was racking my brains and I was going oh I don't know if I have three things and I thought oh this is really good this is me not a clutter person but I am so um so then you you got back to me and you said it included places and occasions so that kind of opened it up for me a little bit um so for me the first thing that popped into my head straight away was um, a dictaphone, the old school little dictaphones, which I don't have with me, but it's in Ballina, County Mayo, uh, at home in my parents' house. And basically that, um, my dad passed away at the end of October and I have recordings of him on there. Sorry, I'm not gonna get emotional. so a while back, I, I specifically got a dictaphone for him. I had one for college for recording when we were doing musicals, recording the melodies and so you could learn, you know, the songs yourself. But I wanted to get him a dictaphone so he could kind of interview himself, so to speak. Mm. Um, so I ordered another one and got him one at home. And um, now he didn't really do that, but I have interviewed him to a certain extent. Um, and recently I was kind of um, digitizing that, you know, recording it onto my phone and then sending it to my siblings. And um, uh, unfortunately we got to the end of it and I thought there was going to be a lot more, but it was obviously at one point when I came back from London and we did a, a few little interviews and I'm doing my little air quotations there and that was it. But mm. even that in itself, it's really lovely to have. Wow. Yeah. It's a a very precious thing and I think it's it's something, I suppose, because we record so much of our life these days, you know, and it's such a a common thing to to be recording, Um, especially with our, our parents. Who are less prone to that? Unless you're, yeah. parent, unless no, you're, no, and they are no, completely. And yeah. for a while, it was funny because my dad was always a lot older than me. So I think uh, deep down, I always had this kind of fear that you know he would pass away. You know, when I was you know younger, at a, at, well, at a probably a normal age, but 
I mean, we've been really lucky. He, he lived to 93, which is wow. kind of, yeah, kind of amazing. And even only in the last three years, he got dementia, but his health, like he, you know, even physically near the end, he was still quite robust. He might have a little fall and he kind of would bounce back. And, um, and unfortunately, I mean, dementia is such a, a reality for so many people now. You know, it's a horrible, horrible um, illness or disease, I guess. But he was great up until, and driving and everything up until very, you know, not so long ago, a few years ago. Um, mm. But when I remember having my, um, like, if he'd ever leave me a voicemail on my phone, just, and it would just be like, hello, Net, it's dad, mom is out, I thought I'd give you a call, you know, this kind of thing. Because obviously yeah. it's usually the mother, my mother, that would be ringing me. Um, and I would always save those on my phone. But then when you change over networks and everything, you lose all of that. So I never yeah. had those anymore. But I used to save them for that kind of reason because I was like, I want to have his voice. I want to still have that. So it's really, yeah. it's lovely to have the dictaphone, th- those recordings. Um, but it's also strange. And my sister said the same thing. He doesn't sound exactly like he, him. He, there's something different. He sounds, so he's from Westport. And he actually sounds more Westport, bizarrely, um, mm. in these recordings. And he also sounds a little bit more like my uncle in them. But they're, they're also, the reason I did it in the first place is because he had quite a, um, like, a, you know, or his earlier life was quite colourful in that he went and um, was with the RAF. He worked with the RAF for years. Wow. Yeah, which is an odd, you know, it's a, it's not your typical thing an Irish man does. Um, no. So yeah, it was when he was about, oh, I should know the age, but he was 19 or 20, I think. And he, um, as he said, he said there was a coupon in the paper and himself and his three friends um, filled out this coupon and sent it out, sent it off, and then mm-hmm. got the the voucher. I think it was back to get the train from Westport to Dublin, Dublin to Belfast. And they went yeah. up. One of the guys chickened out that morning, but the other two went up. So three of them went up, um, and then they spent time there. And then he spent time in the UK, in various different places, training, and then in Northern Ireland as well. And he started off being trained as an electrician, but he didn't enjoy that. So then he was doing air sea and rescue. And then they went over to um, Singapore via, well, they were originally supposed to go via the Suez Canal, um, but on their way. So they got a boat from Liverpool um, through the Irish Sea, around by France and Spain, through the Med. And then when they got to um, Egypt, the, or the, the beginning of the Suez Canal, the Korean War had started. So the boat had to go back and pick up troops in Malta, I think. So the boat went back and they were brought via land from uh, Port Said in Egypt. I know this because I just checked it out again today. <laughs> I, have to say, I, che- I cheated because I was like, I don't remember any of this. But they were, they were driven by, um, they were driven from Port Said to Port Suez and then they spent two weeks in a tent in the desert or they were driven wow. th- through the desert anyway. And, um, and then the boat came through the Suez Canal and picked them up and brought them to Singapore. And then he was in Singapore and Malaysia for like two, two and a half years. They only had one kind of incident while they were there. There was a, a, a plane that had crashed and they went to the rescue of it. I'm not sure what the outcome was of that. I don't think it was particularly good. 
Um, and then he got discharged because he had suspected tuberculosis and then he spent time in an RAF hospital in Swindon, I think. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, but he was in the RAF for a good, oh, good many years, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of mad, wow. yeah, yeah. So it's, um, it's an interesting string to his bow. I always think it's, an, it's a funny one, you know. Like, Especially to be that well-travelled at that time, of yeah. the century <laughs> you know yeah, when and he always did uh which will lead me to something later on <laughs> but no, um but yeah he was he was a kind of he was a doer he was like he liked going play even like in his then in his job that he did for most of his life then was an insurance salesman and he just traveled all around Europe and all around Europe no 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 Connacht um <laughs> you know with all all his clients just visiting them here there and everywhere and you know, ever, like just was well, very well known around the place. So yeah, it's it's uh, such a the voice is such a specific thing, and I think when you, when you lose someone, um, it's something you start like the terror is forgetting it. Yeah. You know, um, the the terror is you know because the voice is just something. I mean, photos are something we look at a lot, and, and maybe even videos, but. Uh, yeah, you can look at a photo in a second, but to sit and listen is is a bit. It's it's a different experience, and um, I I know I can just relate to that idea of the importance of recording. And and I actually, if anyone's listening, um, I don't know. I I because I, I similar similar to you, I, I lost my mother um early twenty twenty, just before the pandemic. And what I what struck me was um was was that I was like I don't have I don't have enough recordings of her I don't have enough videos of her I don't I I don't have enough you know and and I was saying to my friends you know video and record your parents or yeah. you, you know the people especially the elderly people in your life who because the voice is um like thankfully here we are we're going to be committed to the internet and uh, in the future people will hopefully still be able to find our voices oh no <laughs> <laughs> but it, <clears throat> there's something about hearing yeah. Um, the the voice of someone who's who who's no longer with you, you know the tone and that. We, you know, there's this terror of. Well, I mean, speaking from personal experience, the terror of, of kind of forgetting um, the sound of their voice. Yeah. Well, no, I get that, and that's why I think I was a big one for keeping the voicemails. And there were only a few, mm. you know, a few words. It was like, oh, I'll try you again later, kind of thing. But that to me was really important. And then I remember when I changed over my phone, I thought, oh, I've lost them, and. You know, and I don't know, and that would have been... No, he still would have been okay, but with his dementia closer to the end, he really... Speech was very difficult for him. And right. even when he passed, like myself and my siblings, we were sharing an awful lot of memories and photographs and videos and everything. But a lot of the videos that have been taken have actually been taken nearly in the last three years. So when somebody has dementia is it's not fully them it's not them mm. how you remember they're they're changed somewhat by the illness and mm. yeah it's not quite them and even when the funeral happened it was funny because was it so we were looking through photos so the photo that you're going to use the main photo to put it in the i think it's rip.ie yeah. And myself and my brother kept looking and finding these cuz dad was this the the local newspaper at home is the western people and dad was really involved. Well, he was one of the founders of the soccer club at home and he was involved in various other things. But like nearly every week when I was younger, there'd be a photo of dad presenting something to somebody in the <laughs> newspaper. So there was millions of photographs of him, those kind of newspaper, you know, local newspaper photos. 
and he um, we were looking through the photos and myself and my brother kept picking these kind of older ones when he was kind of in his prime you know even up to the age of like 60 or 70 because he was always seemed about 20 years younger than he was and we were like this and my sisters are going no 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 you can't you can't you have to put a recent one people are weird about that and you know and it was funny because we we did we found a really nice one from a few years ago and like where there wasn't that kind of vacantness in his eyes um, right. and it was funny because then one of our neighbors called and she said oh and the photo you got was lovely and it was recent and I was like all right okay this is the oh, thing. there is this thing where they don't wow. like photos of them from 20 years ago obviously you know right so we came to a compromise we found a good one in the end Funny yeah. the things you discover, the, the norms you discover that y- you've never thought about until... Yeah, you go through know, that. It, until you go through it and, I mean, unless you have a particular fascination with those things, you're not going to know un- no. unless something happens, unless you unless you lose someone. You and, and, you know, um, in our kind of generation, I mean, I think an older generation have a fascination with morbidity. Certainly, like, you know, I know some older people and they're very, you know, oh, somebody died. Do you know so-and-so... No, but do you know they they live near next? You know these people there. This uh, this is my mother. I'd ring her. I'm like, oh, any news? So and so died. I don't know who that is. But you know so and so, and and they live next. I don't know that person. Well, they live next to that person. They die. They you know. And I'm like, I but I don't know these people. <laughs> and it, like it's just yeah. But it's a funny one because like at the time when we went through the whole funeral process. Um, I really felt the comfort in the Irish kind of grieving process. Like there was just something really, really cathartic about it. No, maybe not cathartic is the right word, but healing. There was something really healing and it really brings people together. And it was really, it was, I, for the first time ever, I went, oh, I get this. I get it. Yeah. And you said so. it, was, it was October. So were you able to have a proper yeah, send off? Luckily conference. we were, and it was all very sudden. I mean... Um, he was kind of ill that morning and because he was in a nursing home same one my mom is in there now um, but he my sister rang and said oh dad's not very well the antibiotics aren't working the doctor's going to come and so we're kind of like oh, okay and then I was going do I need to look at flights and they're like no 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 and then within an hour it was like get a flight get a flight get a flight so it all um, happened very quickly Look, well I got home that day but not in time but it's, it was fine. You know, it was still okay. We're still there. So we had yeah. that whole week. We had, a f- yeah, there was no restrictions. Um, oh, great, obvi- great. Yeah, which was really, yeah, really important because, like, he was very well respected in the community and so many people came out in their droves. Mm. But we were also being very careful of my mom, who was in a nursing home, had been out for it, but they were obviously needing to really take care of things. And somebody said, oh, be careful because they don't heed the whole no shaking hands, no, or no hugging and shaking hands in Balana. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, and we we're like, we have to protect mom. We have to protect mom. So my brother was like, I'll sit on the end. I'll sit on the first seat and I'll tell everyone. And he's got, he's like this, you know, he can put on this stern face. So nobody, one person went and tried to hug, well, did actually manage to hug us, but everyone, everyone else, I think my brother just kind of laid it down in stone and everyone's like, okay, we're not going to do that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but we were well, very we were very lucky we were very lucky and yeah and also um my aunt's uncle happened to be who lives in england happened to be in ireland on a holiday and was going back the next day but got to oh. be there and stay on a bit longer and yeah so, wonderful. yeah yeah it's it's funny that that phenomenon of 
say your mom going, do you know this person? No, I don't. You know, they did this. No, 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 I don't. I don't. Anyway, they died. You know, are you finally, are you, are you finally saying, oh yeah, I think I, they own this shop. I think I would. And they're like, yeah, they died. Yeah. And, and my mom like, used to do that all the time as well. Like you just described exactly. And then uh, I think, isn't it? Um, oh, um, oh God, Republic Italia or something. Two of their characters, their sketch characters on RTE. Yeah. One of them, um, does that she does the, the mammy the Irish mammy and she oh. does it as a sketch and oh, I was is, like was it um, the one the Bridget Naiman was it her yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> but it's such a thing I mean I, there was times before and I would be talking just about things my mother would say or do with one yeah. of my friends and she would go yeah. yeah yeah and she would say something about her mother and I was like oh my god we have the same mother like it's the same thing and actually today <laughs> I was just talking to somebody and she said something about her parents and I went oh my god yeah same, same thing it's like it's like they have the rule book on how to be a mammy and a daddy and it's, it's there. <laughs> actually, in a kind of a bit of dark dark humour to, to maybe to round off this topic. Um, I, I, I like you, I had voicemails from my mum and what I did was I, I kind of like got, set up my computer and, and recorded them just to have them. Yeah. And I think the last one I have from her is her talking about someone dying. <laughs> Isn't that just a full circle, full circle. That's full circle. unbelievable. Full circle. Yeah, but it's great that you had them. It's great that yeah. you had them as well. Because um, it yeah, is yeah. hard. Two years, few months, whatever. It's all. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all, it's always, it's always there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's no there's no easy way around it. But um, yeah. I'll listen. Th- that is is really beautiful. Thank you for your first you. thing. And if you're okay uh, to move on, we might move on to your second thing. Well, okay. segue. I was t- speaking about dad and his um, love of travel. Now I do have an actual thing here. That's my passport. Oh, um, very nice. Yeah. Oh, the, the photo. I, I think I have two years time, and then I'll be doing a new one. It's better than the previous <laughs> photo. That was horrendous. And every time I go to passport control. I would hope they go that's not you and they would just go oh yeah okay it was the worst photo ever it was terrible um yeah <laughs> and, you had, past- and you had it for 10 years oh, obviously 10 years 10 yeah. years I, the funny story behind that was I there was two you know there was a few you know in every school there's a few young cooler teachers um yeah and in so anyway I went to get my passport photo in the kind of the little porchway of Tesco at home and my friend came with me so she was waiting outside and I was underneath the curtain and the two teachers came back along and they said uh, oh Deirdre who, what are you doing and she's like oh and getting her passport photo taken so they stuck their heads under the curtain and tried to make me laugh and you know back then you're like well mom's only given me two four quid or whatever to do this like yeah and I was kind of like like that, like bursting out laugh, half bursting out laughing and trying to be serious in the photo. So that was my passport photo for 10 years. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Taher and Miss... Oh, I can't remember. She's a career guidance teacher. I can't remember her name. It's just, there you go, the brain fog. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so my passport is my second thing because I guess I've you know a love of travel has kind of passed down from my dad not at all from my mother (laughs) she's like oh she's happy at home (laughs) but I love traveling I yeah I just get an itch I get an itch um I haven't even when I think about it I haven't even been to a huge amount of amazing exotic play that happened to some but not a huge amount um and even like when this play 
Gravity, a love story at the Bell Table Arts Centre, uh, starting <laughs> opening uh, next Wednesday, February 16th to the 19th. Book your tickets. Um, <laughs> there you go. Well, we'll do another plug later, but... Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, when... Yeah, during the pandemic, it, bizarrely enough, I haven't been anywhere in, mm. like, outside of Ireland and the UK in that time. But as I might have mentioned earlier, I live in London. And so what I would do, and when mom and dad were still, because they, they only went into a nursing, dad went into a nursing home in June and mom went in in August. So I would come home, my sister was caring for them. So I would come home for a good two months and kind of take over which mm. meant I got to spend amazing quality time with both of them. But it was mm. also pretty difficult. And anyone who is a carer, oh my God, kudos to them. Like that's a tough, tough job. So, yeah. but during that time, the first two times I came home during the pandemic, I had to quarantine. Um, so oh, yeah. both times I was really lucky in that um, different cousins. But the first time I had my cousin's house in Westport that I could stay in for two weeks Um, yeah and I had I think I had a rental no I had my my parents car actually the first uh time I I arrived so I just went spinning every most days and I really explored the kind of environs of um uh you know all around Westport and even you know as far as kind of Linan and um, Mulrani and Newport and um what's it called Ballycroy National Park like parts of Mayo I've kind of heard of but you know you know some I've been to what I'd heard of um and really just got to get a sense of Westport because dad is from there my granny lived there for years right on the the main street well one of the main streets Bridge Street but like I'd only ever gone there for day trips because we were in Ballinan it's like 45 minutes away so I only ever went there for day trips. So this time I was ensconced there for like two whole weeks and I just got to really explore within. Now, I didn't come into contact with people. I have to be, you know, just throw that out there because everyone would be like, oh, two kilometer, five. Well, actually, there was no two or five kilometer rule back then. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second time I did it again, I was staying in a different cousin's house in Westport, uh, thanks to my cousins. And um, uh, I had a rental car. And again, I would just head off every day and it was the first time it was in June and then the second time it was December and like amazingly for Mayo we, oh my god we I just got amazing weather like really sunny days and I took a million photographs just on my phone because I, I mm. do a bit of photography but I didn't bring like oh. my you know oh you just get to the stage with um if you do photography you're like my camera's too heavy and it's too bulky and it's too big and I'm only bringing a Ryanair bag you know a kind of carry-on or whatever yeah so but I took a million photos on my on my iPhone and yeah I keep meaning to do something with them like to set up a website or something um so yeah there that that was just lovely though it was was also in some ways it was also like almost a bit of a retreat I just Mm. it was just kind of me time and just yeah I was just being in nature and walking in nature every day and just exploring and but in general yeah I, I like I feel it's funny because I don't I have an itch to go traveling but I feel like I've I've traveled during the pandemic and even though it hasn't been anywhere very exotic or warm or sunny which are my places I usually prefer to go to um mm. It's been lovely. And even in the UK, I, I was thinking about where I've been during the pandemic and I've been to quite a few different places. Like just... Okay. Yeah, just like Bristol and Cornwall and 
Suffolk and Ramsgate and Leon C many times because my friend has moved there. And it's generally somewhere, it has to be by the sea. I'm like, I'm yeah. just, uh, have to be, have to be by the sea. It, but um, Is that like a, for, for a holiday or just in jet, like, like if you're going on any kind of trip, you need to be coastal, is it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, sometimes people are like, let's go on a city break to blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, unless it's, <laughs> unless it's a city that's on the sea. And I'm like, yeah, count me in. You know, that sounds good. Um, like uh, Bar- Barcelona, I think, would probably suit yeah, you just fine. <laughs> Barcelona, San Sebastian. I might go to, I'm kind of half planning a trip very soon because I do need some sunshine and warmth yes. in, in yes. my cold Irish bones. <laughs> um, so that's possibly in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, the last place I was, actually, because interestingly enough, for a while there, my kind of B job, you know, as an actor, as a performer yourself, like as a B job, we have to have something else going on. I was working in travel for a while. I was working mm-hmm. with, um, a, you know, those people you see at the front of a big coach of tourists. Oh, with yes, the microphone. Of yeah, I did a tour that. guide. Yeah, well, we call ourselves tour directors. I have to say now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, um, I got my terminology well, wrong. No, it's better because the tour guide um, intimates that you know everything. You know everything about everywhere, and my people would go, "Hey, Annette, what's that?" And I'd be like, "Hmm, oh, just taking them on the phone." And I would like pull out Google Maps, and I'd be like googling and put, you know, just going, "Oh, it's a." And of course, when you're going around England, it's like it's just a big house that has nothing historical associated with. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of yeah I did that job for a while and uh, improvised an awful lot throughout it Um, used a lot of my acting skills Um, yeah that reminds me I like I probably shouldn't say where but when I was young I worked in a, a park um, one of those heritage parks where I was an actor so I was like a character a historic character running around yeah but the tour the tour guides uh, we'd all be having coffee in a kind of prefab and yeah. they'd sometimes have competitions of just making things up and seeing what they could get tourists to believe and after that I never I always like had this pinch of salt to tour tour guys I'm like I are you telling me the truth or are you just like gonna be telling your mates like ah you'll be with this fool thought oh absolutely (laughs) it's done it's totally done and I have to say that I couldn't completely do that myself I would only kind of like wing it when I didn't know something and somebody was genuinely asking me like oh I had one guy on a tour and he just never stopped asking me questions he was a really nice man but I was just like I don't know I don't know I got to the point you're not even supposed to say that I was like you know what I don't know I don't know but I've I've I've, um it's amazing your resources that you you draw upon when you're in that situation I've brought people on tours like walking tours around cities that I had never that was the first time I was in Um, wow yeah they were they were a bit ropey to be fair like yeah the one in Edinburgh I remember was a bit ropey that was one of my first ones but then um, I did an Oxford one and I was like this this is amazing I can do it because I had used Google Maps and Google uh, the one where you actually see the buildings. What's that one called? Oh, um, oh. live? No, no. Street map. Street. Google, street. Yeah, view. Google Street. Street yeah. view. Yes. And and I had two other tour directors helping me and giving me the kind of spiel's to say. And so I managed that one, and people were at the end of Oxford. They were like, "Yeah, 
was oh wow that was really good and I was like yeah you wouldn't think that I had never been here before in my life (laughs) but um it's also funny I mean the last tour I did with this company because obviously the pandemic just like pulled the rug out from under my two industries that I was involved in but to be honest with you I don't see myself going back to travel because it's far too stressful and you don't get enough sleep and all of that but the last um big tour that I had done was in you see I'm a real I'm a real somebody goes hey now do you want to do this and I'm like okay I have no experience in that I don't know anything about it yeah great let's do it <laughs> I, I like a challenge in my life and absolutely that there was a few tours going that hadn't people signed up and one of them was Sicily and I thought I've been to Sicily once yeah don't speak Italian you know and it was going from Rome to Sicily Um, And I thought, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Oh, my God, it nearly broke me. It nearly broke me. Apart from, you know, just the kind of respite of being in, like, this gorgeous place in in Sicily called Cefalu and having an an hour letting them off, you know, kind of going, right, you're on your own, explore. We'll be back in the coach in an hour. And then just going to this amazing beach and just getting into the water and going, oh, my God, this is, you know, yeah. which you don't always necessarily do have that option if you're in, say, Dublin or wherever. But, yeah. oh, my God, it nearly broke me. It nearly, it was, it was tough going. But that was my last holiday then because I went to this gorgeous um, resort, like, you know, a, an Italian seaside town called Sperlonga, um, just about an hour and a half from Rome after that tour ended. I literally spent the first day just lying on a sun lounger, kind of like just staring into space, going, what was that that I went through? What was that? <laughs> and how long was the tour? Like, how many places did you stop at? Um, good question. How long was the... The Sicilian one was, I think, about a week or... It seven to nine days, something like that. There was one... The previous one I did was an Irish one, which was... Uh, the only one I'd ever started and finished in Ireland. So it was Dublin to Dublin and we went, you know, we did all the Blarney and Connemara and they stayed a night. They they stayed a night in Ashford Castle. I stayed in the lodge, which is still gorgeous. But it's still pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's still <laughs> fabulous. Um, and that was, uh, again, maybe I think that was about nine days. The longest one I did was um, 16 days. And that was, you know, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, um yeah and that was a tough one as well apart from the fact that the people on it were just amazing I would like go into the mic and be like how's everyone getting on they're like yeah we're fine they were mainly Aussies they're like yeah we're fine yeah they were just chilled Um, and the the one I did in Ireland the the second last one I did in Ireland was they were the nicest crowd ever they were just so lovely so which made me think that the Italian Americans were just you know, they were Americans from Italian descent, most of the ones who came sure. on my Sicilian tour, and they were demanding, to say the least. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And Italy, okay. nothing goes on time and nothing works properly. No. Just to add to the kind of, you know, your fun and frolics on a tour, yeah, as if you don't have enough to stress about. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. but uh, suffice to say, I don't think I'll be, yeah, I, I really don't see myself going back to that kind of work because it's too, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I suppose like the fun side is you get to travel, but you're working. So it's yeah, not. You never people can romanticize get, things. No, you never, ever properly get to enjoy, enjoy a place. Like you really yeah. don't. And for me, I like to, this, this, that kind of travel is so, you know, against my style. Like I love to go and really experience a place and be there for like almost live there for a while if you can, if you know, and 
be like the locals or you know just like <laughs> live like I've lived in a good few places and yeah I just I like I've liked that you know yeah, yeah. well that's the thing because I'm, I'm like you know if you're touring a show internationally or if you're if you whatever you're doing it's it, you're working <laughs> so yeah it's um it, it, it's not the same like it's no. a, a very different brain to go on your holidays and a very different brain to be working yeah. and I don't know this about you but I think as Irish people we're like if we're in hot weather and we have to work we're like what, <laughs> what oh god doing? oh my god this is this is why yeah no I totally get that this is why sometimes in love because you have that in your head your mother like the little voice of your mother going it's a nice day get out in the sunshine and I still have that feeling that when I'm you know, if it's a nice day, and living in London, we get a lot of like, people. Most people in London are like, oh, "The weather's crap in London." I'm like, "No, it's not," because I'm from Mayo, yeah. and it's really not. <laughs> and when the weather is good in London, um, you know, there's a part of me that just wants to go be out and about and meeting people and like walking around and sunbathing or whatever. And mm. there's a part of me going, oh, you have to work. No, you have to do this. Well, you know, that kind of work. But there is that. And I think it is that little voice in our head going, it's a nice day. Get out and enjoy it. Because this could be the only one. <laughs> could <laughs> be the, the only summer. one. This is the summer. I- this is it. Tomorrow it's going to be back to the winter again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're not, we're not. I mean, I think if we had good weather in Ireland, chances are our tap of work would never get done again. And, no. Um, no. And I'm okay. And I'm okay with that. That's, be, that's, yeah. that's who we are. I'd be okay with that as well. I, to be honest with you, there's a part of me that wants to li- move, to live somewhere that gets a lot more sunshine and a lot more mm. sunny, like warmer days. Um, and I think as well, when you live in that, you get a little bit more chilled about it. And you're like, oh, well, if today I just stay in and I do a bit of work, that's OK, because tomorrow it's going to be sunny again. Exactly. So, yeah. I do, a, f- a friend of mine tell me a really funny thing. Um, she was living in California for the year in LA I think and she'd come in every day to work jeez it's a lovely day outside the Americans are like you talk about the weather all the time like I've never met anyone who talks about the weather and she'd be coming in every day going what lovely day it's brilliant it's a bit it's in it. our DNA as Irish people to talk about the weather it's just it's well, in there because it's a variable and she said they talk about traffic because traffic is unpredictable okay. uh, yeah weather is a steady thing whereas for us you know, yes, traffic's unpredictable, but the main yeah. thing is the weather. And we're and like, well, yeah, it's a great conversation starter because it could be raining one minute and next thing sunny the next, and then hailstoning the day after that. I watched a very good. Sorry. No, no, go on, go on. I, I watched a very good film actually at the weekend, an Irish film um, by Philip Doherty, Redemption of a Rogue, and it's okay. very, it's very, it's quite a surreal kind of abstract kind of film, very funny black humor. Um, but it's about basically this town and cabin that it just is raining constantly every single day and that's part <laughs> of the the kind of premise behind the story but it's it's brilliant it's brilliant and like actually I, I watched it on Saturday when it poured down all day and I kept kind of looking out going would I get to go out now no no I won't get to go out now so just yeah. just just leave it that's yeah. that's it and this, it's kind of great as well it means you can stay on the couch guilt free yeah, which is well, always nice yeah those days are nice but it's also nice mm. to know that it's not going to be like that the next day <laughs> to- totally totally yeah. and the yeah. thing like we talk about the weather because you know there's no getting away from it it's all around us exactly um, exactly wonderful well and if if uh, if we're okay uh, we might move on to thing number three so three thing 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 no thing 
thing number three is a place. And uh, it's Enniscrone in County Sligo, although Ballina people like to claim it as our own pretty much. And if we could move that border and include it in Mayo, we most certainly would. It's, um, I don't know if you know of it, it's a beach town. It's got really, really long strands, like beautiful, it's safe, you know, to swim there. It's got, um, it's in Killala Bay. And I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's like a part of my soul that belongs to Enniscrone. And actually, a lot of my friends at home in Balna, we all have this connection to it. Um, for wow. me, though, part of it is I just, um, the sea is really important for me. It's like, you know, if I'm ever feeling a little off or whatever, I just, all I need to do is go and sit by the sea and it just kind of feeds you. It just kind of feeds your soul and just regenerates you. Um, so yeah, there's just something really, I love, I love Enniscrone. It's fabulous. And when I was younger, there was a rare summer, a rare summer, back to the weather again. Here we go. A rare summer that was sunny every single day. It was amazing. And myself and my friends, we would usually, (laughs) terribly, but we would usually thumb down to Enniscrone. It's usually people we knew or whatever, even though I got caught a few times and absolutely killed. Um, So then we would also be like, oh, I'm just getting the bus down. Um, (laughs) And we spent the whole summer down there and we would probably like, we would just be down on the pier and jumping in and having the crack. And and then I would go home, have a shower, have some food and then head out uptown that evening. And like it was, you know, my mum wasn't very impressed that summer. I was like, you drink this place like a hotel you're in and you're gone again and you know so there was that kind of thing um pardon me um but it was uh it was just so much fun and we were so brown by the end of it and we knew the tides like the back of our hand we're like you know jumping in off the pier we were like no it has to be two steps covered and then you won't touch the bottom because i was terrified of like landing on a crap and it you know (laughs) i just thought this thing about like creatures with i don't know how many legs do they have six six legs crabs I think so. I think they're God. six. They definitely have more than four. Yeah. Oh, six. Pinsers, yeah, yeah. They're but they're, because yeah. eight is um, a rack. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think they are. We'll go with six. And we'll sure, look, six. if any. People yeah. can come at us. Exactly. Come, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna Google it. Let's just see what no. happens. People can no. come at us if they, if they need to. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was for me. Yeah, that was that is just a really special place, and um, to be a complete. Well, like I live in London, so you know that's one of the things I I really find difficult about London not being near the sea. Um, mm. Although, like you know, failing the sea, having a body of water, like you know, I've I've spent you know I've gone for walks all around like three bridges of the Shannon, and like there's just oh there's such power in it. It's amazing. So yeah. even that is kind of you know regenerating and cleansing to be by the water um preferably Mm. like some kind of flowing water um but with london yeah you've got to kind of plan a day trip if you want to get away um but but you know if you can't i just i really i'm happy even going down and walking by the thames or this river is near me closer to where i am in east london um but um yeah i'm a bit of a cliche i suppose with the pandemic and when i have been back in ireland i have been doing sea swimming as people call it now, it's not just swimming anymore. It's sea swimming, <laughs> cold sea water, swimming. cold water swimming. So what, um, wild, wild swimming is another one. Wild they, swimming, yeah, wild swimming, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so did you? 
did you get your dry robe then? Uh, well, do you know what? I didn't because I was like, well, I'm not going to bring it back to London with me. For one thing, that would take up my whole case. Um, <laughs> or I wear it on the plane, I die, I suffocate when I, you know. Um, or, and then I was like, well, if I, you know, I'm not spending 160 quid on a, a coat that's going to be in a wardrobe in Balmain I use occasionally when I'm at home. But then the Dunn's ones came on the thing and I was like, oh, 70 quid. Hmm, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Bought myself one. It's only had one outing. The last, just before I came down to Limerick, uh, went, on a, went on a dip. And it was the first one in probably a few months where I, was, I hadn't dipped the head under. And I was like, mm. I was like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I was kind of expecting the shock and like pains in my ears and my head and brain freeze and all of that. And it was actually fine. But uh, so yes. I had the one outing. Um, but I don't stay in very long either because my, my hands and my feet just seize up and I get rain, rain ads. Yeah, that, that yes. thing where the circulation doesn't really go to them to the extremities, um, but I have the gloves. Yeah. I have the neoprene gloves and the the booties. So the um, booties and the glovies. The booties um, and yeah, the glovies, exactly. And the glovies. I just love that with with the with the swimming things or whatever. Just put e onto everything, and, yeah. it, and that's what it goes. Glovies, and booties. Yeah, you know, because um. It, there was something that that struck me there about what you were saying. Um, yeah, I, I think I was gonna was I was gonna ask you about the swimming, um, but you, you answered it. But um, I, to my shame, uh, I, I I know I I spent some time up in Sligo with that, but I don't know Enniskrona. So okay, on the on the list there now, and go. Okay. it's gorgeous, and so it's it's on the it's obviously on the border of Mayo. And, and yeah, Sligo. pretty much close to the Mayo border. It's it's you know that V, so you've got Mayo and that top kind of coast. Um, mm. the north coast of Mayo and you have that little V and that's Kalala mm. Bay and the, it's the estuary basically the V goes into the estuary Moy which flows through Ballina best salmon fishing river in Europe by the way oh, <laughs> yes <okay. laughs> nobody can afford proper salmon anymore though you know the, the real the wild stuff um, yes. but yeah so you've got Enniskron on one side of the bay and Kalala and Lacken and Kilcommon on the other side of the bay um, mm. So yeah, it's um, so I guess it's kind of sheltered as well too. And it's well, it is and it's not because you have it's a good place for people to learn to surf. It's one of those kind of beaches that's good okay. for that, um, yeah. and it's great for it's great for paddle boarding and everything. Like those one or two times I was down at the pier in say August September, and the place was just packed because everyone's like, it's a great day, and they're out and every, <laughs> but you know, you're nearly you're nearly dodging, making sure that somebody's not going to jump on your head off the pier okay. onto you. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a thing. It's funny actually because when I spent the whole summer down there, there was the thing you built up to, which was jumping off the back wall, which was the high bit to jump off. And yeah. there's a part of me now as an adult, and I haven't done it in absolute not years and years and years. And I kept saying to my friends, I was like, well, can we, will you come, will we jump out off the back wall? I just want to do it. I just want to do it again. <laughs> and for some reason, there was always a reason not to do it. There was like either men, people fishing off the back, you know, off the side, and we're like, well, we'll probably just get tangled up in, net, in hooks or whatever. Mm. But that's on my kind of like, that's on my radar now to do that. Um, and also, since... Since, I don't know, since maybe July, July, so every, I've been in the water every single month, um, even though I was back in London, but I was back and forth a lot in October and November. Um, mm. So I've been in the water every, just even, just once a month even. So yeah. now we're in February, so I have to do that one. I have to get into the water before you I head absolutely- back. 
you absolutely do. And this is something I have said on. A, I said this in a previous episode to Moira Nicola, who wasn't particularly impressed. But um, I, I lived in Galway for a number of years, and I started sea, um, sea swimming, wild swimming, whatever, uh, in June or not, June two thousand and nine. Okay. And and wow. that was the you first. Were, you were ahead of the curve, big time. Yeah. Well, I think if you live in Gal, like Gal, like where there's a culture of it, like Galway, it's it's the the diving boards in Galway is kind of like the forty foot in Dublin. Like there's a culture of it yes. there. So if you're if you're curious and that there's a bunch of people to kind of encourage you you know yeah so that was my first time going into the winter and since june 2009 i have not missed a month even if it's only one day <gasps> and so i'm saying to you you you've started this now and you're gonna blink I'm, and you're gonna have this little record that that you're I, gonna protect i hope Lips so it, it depends on i'm so impressed by that by the way well done that's a that's 13 years that's amazing yeah, so it'll be it'll be thirteen in June. But what I'm saying is, some months now I have literally been, you know, now I, I have found spots in. I've started. I started in the pandemic going in the city. There's a spot in the city that I found that was safe. It's tidal, and okay. uh, we we must we must talk off air. Maybe I, I can bring you there. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's uh, because I, you know, with the two K and that, I couldn't go. There is a swim spot further out outside the city, but. Um, yeah, I think I suddenly got very like I can't not I can't miss a month, and it's it's completely personal, and it's completely but it's my a challenge own. now for you, isn't it? It's that thing. It's yeah. like yeah, I, and I'd be a, a dipper as well. I'm not a, a strong swimmer, but I I. Uh, I I stuck and it meant some months I'm I'm realizing oh my god we're at the end and I still haven't gotten in and I I've made it my business too you know so uh, there's a spot where I go in Anacati like flooded and it, we couldn't access it and oh. we were, I was getting to the end of the month and I was like oh my god I found then another spot that I could get to you know but I'm just saying you'll blink and you'll suddenly be doing this for like 15 months and you won't have missed one and then it'll keep it'll keep going and I'm just saying. It's near now nearly 13 years and I'll be keeping on to that record it, if I can. Yeah, it's a good it's it's the trick is the, the tricky bit will be in London because I'm not getting in, I'm not I'm not going near I'm I'm a funny one the with Thames. Like, no bloody uh, it's funny I'm I'm following, <laughs> I'm following a group called um I think Victoria Docks they're down near like city airport so they're open water docks and you can go swimming down there <laughs> excuse me and I know you can go swimming in Hampstead ponds but I was there once and I looked in that water and it just looked like mud water to me and I thought there is no way in hell I'm getting into this water <laughs> I mean the, you know you get into Enniscrone and, and more often than not it's not crystal clear you can't necessarily see that much but for some yeah. reason rivers and lakes I did go swimming in a lake during the summer actually and it was really pleasant mm-hmm. um, but rivers and lakes just freak me out a little bit so I don't know I might have to get a little bit <clears throat> well my friend lives on, in, on the Essex coast so I have okay. gone there and there is that kind of culture again there's lots of people that swim all year round there as well so that is that's the only place I'll probably be going well, somebody said something that kind of put my mind at rest around all that because obviously rivers, especially the Shannon, it's 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 big. It's it's dangerous. You know, it's it's well, you've to, you've to respect it. You've yeah. to respect it. But a lot of people go like, oh, it's dirty. It's not dirty. I mean, when when the tide is low, you can see it's um, Pretty they clear. put in a treatment plant. Yeah, and the and the riverbed is clean. Like it's this mud. Okay. So what you're seeing is living water where there's life will not be clear. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. it's it's full it's of, of life. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 if water is crystal clear, chances are 
it's you know things are dead you know what I mean like okay, there's an abuse yeah. there's a beautiful beach in in Connemara called the Coral Beach oh and uh, yeah I think I know it I'd say you know it, but like I mean it, it's like an aquarium it's stunning but um you know you can see right through it because there's there's no life in it <laughs> you know, like I mean there is life in the sea yeah. there's life in the sea there is but if you can see straight through water it's beautiful and I love crystal clear water can I say but I think it's a kind of put like if, if water is clean as in like there isn't sewage or, or yeah, pollution yeah, in it yeah you know and, and in a city like you might see a bottle or something going past like yeah. you can't that's whatever that but uh i think that idea that uh, that living water is mucky and and and, and not clear is okay. kind of it, it kind of puts your mind at rest about about it but that's um okay. yeah, that's good to know i didn't a, know that so i've learned something now learned there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but obviously you you can find out wherever you whenever you're going to a swim spot just always check with them who know about the quality of the water that it's yeah. safe I mean, that's, I mean, and also the the nature of it like the tides yeah. and all that I mean there was one it was not this summer gone but the summer before that there was one evening down in the pier and again it was one of these stunning like days and you know it was 7 mm. o'clock 7 o'clock to, I think people were still jumping in in the dark nearly at 10 you know it was nearly dark mm. by 10 o'clock but the next day I just I rang one of my friends and I went that water was not clean <laughs> that water was not good and mm. sure enough, the, they closed it down for the next few days. Yeah, oh, which is kind of wow. gross. And you're like, oh no, I was in that water. Oh. <laughs> it, but it's, it's all about the rains. And if there's really heavy rains, I think there's, yeah, there's a chance yeah. of pollution. I remember that in Galway, if, if there was a lot of rain, they'd recommend not... The sea would get brown, like it was mad. Like, like not dirt brown, but just, just the, the river would break into it. Yeah. But anyway, um, yes. it's, it is certainly... Um, and it's grown, sounds like a beautiful spot and one one worth checking out. Yeah. Um, Annette, I have to say thank you so much for your, your things. They thank are you. delightful and they brought us on... On Mindy's little avenue of other other things and other things, <laughs> little meandering streams off the bigger the bigger river. Just have which that, is certain. Like, I mean, if we only talked about three things for a sentence each, this podcast would be very short. So yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's been really lovely. And look, like like most Irish people, I can kind of tend to talk for Ireland. So <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good skill. Kind of, the perfect kind of platform. So thank you very much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely. It is my absolute pleasure. And can you, um, you know, let's take a moment. Uh, obviously, we're recording this in February 2022. And uh, you are up to a number of things. Do you want to let people know what you're up to and where they can find you? Yes. So the main thing and the reason why I'm in this gorgeous city of Limerick uh, for this this time, uh, this period of time, is because I am rehearsing a play with Bottom Dog Theatre Company. Um, it's a new play by award-winning writer Neil Flynn and it's directed by Connell Morrison it's going to be on in the bell table uh, from February 16th to the 19th so five shows get your tickets as I said already they're evening shows 8pm every evening and then we do have a matinee on the Saturday it um, it's a huge theatrical epic journey through time through time and space almost it spans generations about 700 years it's this yeah it's this mad kind of um love story that span like that kind of makes its way through um these two family lines throughout the years um and it's there's 
pardon me um this uh, my dinner is repeating on me there's a little <laughs> bit of um it's kind of powered by physics without getting too much into the physics things because I'll just get a little bit tongue-tied if I start to talk about that so yeah it's about this gravity wave that is also kind of powering this love story that's moving through the generations um so it's a really it's an it's I hope it's an amazing show it's amazing being part of it um being part of the cast and working on this so I I hope we get you know full full houses and um yeah, I hope it goes really well. So yeah, and book your tickets. Absolutely, book your tickets. What, yeah. what ca- have you? Has you? Has your oh. character got one name or many names? But many, 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 many yeah, okay. names. Um, <laughs> there's not just one. My goodness, I play twelve different characters. But yes. I, when you said seven hundred years, unless it's a sci-fi, I'm reckoning it's, you're playing a lot of different yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, and including, you know, well, I'm I'm not going to say, but there are characters in here. We've got some pretty historical characters in here as well. We've got um Joan of Arc we've got uh, Robert Boyle of Boyle's Law we've got uh, Dr William Harvey who was um acquitted a lot of witches back in the 1600s I think um we have oh my goodness why I'm drawing a complete blank Kurt Vonnegut um and other people. God, my brain's Some, just... A bit, a bit of something for everyone then. Something for everyone, yeah. Some mad, yeah, Brilliant. some... Some yeah, people will recognise some names and then not so much other names. But by the end of the play, they'll know all the characters. They'll know all of them. Yes. And there'll be a quiz and an exam. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll have a pub quiz. We'll have a pub quiz on the sixth night. And people like answer the questions. Exactly. That's a great idea. Will you host it? Of course. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I, I'd say I'd say I'd have a competition for Miles Breen now. Uh, who's a, a, he's? You probably know know Miles. Quizmaster. Quizmaster. Oh, He's an MC. Well, not a quizmaster. M- M- MC extraordinaire. So ah. I, I could, well, well, I could it, imagine. As a typical actor in London, I have done a million and one different jobs. And believe it or not, I was a quizmaster as well. So I would I, believe it. Yeah. I would absolutely believe it. Um, yeah. Well, listen, and Annette, where can people find you online to follow oh, what you're online, up to? Online, I'm. An, oh, I have to I think about this. It's Annette Flintstone. Uh, oh, I like it. Is my uh, uh, Annette Flintstone on Instagram? Um, don't bother following me on Twitter. I don't get it. <laughs> um, and is it Flintstone with a Y N N? Or yes, yeah. So all okay. one word: A N N E T T E F L Y N N Stone. All stone. one word. Ex- yeah, so that's excellent. me on Instagram. So you can follow me away and. I'll, if if I get people following me, then I'll have to be a bit more interesting on there. <laughs> and they they can chart whether or not you're keeping up your monthly sw- dips for. Well, yeah, uh, that's one of the things I have been putting on there. I'm like, yes, I want people to know that <laughs> I got into a cold sea today. Look at me, I'm so proud. <laughs> I completely. Yeah. It's, it's all about the smugness. Uh, I I went for a swim. Uh, y- yesterday it was horrible weather. It was <gasps> awful. There was hailstones, and it, generally I'm go? like. Uh, out in um, Killaloo. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about it. But um, it was. It was one of these things where it actually the, the swim was so short, but it was the getting dressed was dramatic, and, oh. <laughs> and I ate the biggest pizza thingy after, and I felt so completely justified. <laughs> you needed that. No, but you actually needed that because you did a really hard thing, and then you I need did. to reward yourself. Do you have the dry robe? I'm assuming you That's, do. Well, I did. I did. Thankfully, considering I was being hailed hailed upon. But uh, listen, Annette. 
Lindstone on on Instagram yes. and obviously uh, this will be going out in time for the show but if you're listening to this in the future and the show is in the past who knows it might, it might have another life you might be able to catch it again but uh, thank you so much Annette uh, it's been an absolute pleasure thank and you uh, very very much too it's been an absolute joy talking to you and oh, now, and now it goes out into the public sphere <laughs> and now it's the public sphere yeah, yeah, yeah. no it's been gorgeous it's been so lovely thank you so so much You've been listening to Three Things That Matter with me, Anne Blake, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is composed by myself and performed and recorded by my lovely brother, David Blake. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let others know and rate it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at AnneBlake78 on Instagram at Anne Blake Play and the podcast on the hashtag three things TM. <laughs>